Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. J. Rudd at Aurora LASIK and AuroraLASIK.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's AuroraLASIK.com. Dr. J. Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's AuroraLASIK.com for your refractive lens exchange. Once you're a coach, you're always a coach. You're red zone. You know you're going to do what once you pass the ball. Sit down. Taking you inside the NFL and the Seattle Seahawks. Your home for the 12th man presents Mike Holmgren. It never leaves you. Find your spot. See where it is? Bang. Get the ball. Powered by El Gaucho. Sharp Vision Modern LASIK. Tacoma Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. Okay. Let's do it. One more time. By Master Park Airport Valet Parking. By Geico at Geico.com. By 3010 Weight Loss for Life. And by Washington Gold Casino. Coaching, teaching, that's always been very, very important to me. Now, Mike Holmgren on Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. Ian and Puck with you on this Wednesday afternoon. We're live at the VMAC and joining us at Zeke's Pizza Hotline right now. Our good friend, Mike Holmgren. Sir, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Ian? I'm good. I'm good. Better say hi to Puck. He gets, you know, come on. Hey, Puck, what's going on? You should have came over here. We brought donuts. You like donuts, right? I used to, yeah. Maple, In maple fact, bars. I still do. I still yeah. do. But what, What's your favorite one? you have a favorite donut? Yeah, I like I like glazed old-fashioned. Yeah. I really. And I like a good, um, what do they call it now, uh, apple fritter. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know. But yeah. th- that's my, yeah, I just think and dream about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I had half a maple bar. It's all right. You got to splurge every you now take and then. The, you can take the dogs out for a long walk around yeah. the around the lake. There you it's, go. Heck, it's seventy degrees here, Mike. Yeah. I mean, it's it's might as well. Are you are you still in Salt Lake, or did you come back? No, I came back. I came okay. back. Yeah. Okay. Was it, how was was it cold down there yet, or is it still nice and warm? In Salt Lake, it was yeah. beautiful. Oh yeah. gosh, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Oh, this, this global warming thing, it's happening, Puck. I feel it. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> well, you know Salt Lake, and it, 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 when it hits, it hits. But yeah, uh, when I looked out, it was it was still very very nice when I was there. One of the few places you can go <clears throat> skiing one uh, and an hour later go play a round of golf. So no, I know nothing I bad know. about that. There's nothing bad. Um, I'm gonna I want to start with asking you. I, I brought this up with Puck earlier, and and we were. We were kind of kicking this around. Everyone's kicking around. There's more controversy on Monday Night Football, and officials are being talked about over and over again. You've been on a competition committee. You've been in a president's chair, a GM chair, a coach's chair, and and an assistant coach's chair. So if you put all of those hats on together and look at it from every angle, is there any part of you that thinks going full-time official would be a good thing in the NFL, and whether it be the cost would be a a problem or whatever the case is, how much of a priority should making making these guys be full-time be? Well, <clears throat> I was I, I always said no, but I listened to the argument. I just didn't flat out reject it. But every time you have a game where uh, something very obvious to most of us gets handled in, inappropriately, then it it comes up. Now, uh, Mike Pereira today, uh, I was reading some of the things he said. And I know Mike very well. We worked together on the competition committee for a long time when he was head of officials. You know, he, he he made the point, and it's a valid point, that it, unlike baseball and basketball where you're playing 162 games or in basketball over 100 games or whatever it is, that, you know, you, those guys are busy all the time. They're traveling. They're busy. They're going. I mean, the, the officials are going. In football, you really don't have, uh, you have 16 games plus playoffs. You uh, 
there's not enough work there. You can't, you know, you, you, I guess you can sit them in a room and have them look at film all week, but they don't want to do that. And then the second, that's the first thing. Then the second thing is, uh, how much would it help? I don't think it would help that much. The third thing is that you would lose, and he was he's right about this, you would lose some very, very quality guys because they have regular jobs they go to and they don't, they don't, I don't think they shirk their responsibilities at all. But so I, I, I always voted, I, okay, it's, 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 you're not going to change much with that. And it's a big hassle. That's what I would, that's what I voted. Then what happens the other night happens and you just go, come on. You know, I, I was on a committee, uh, after, uh, I came home they put me on this committee. No, I guess I was still in Cleveland. And it was uh, Bill Pullian and Madden, and they, they got a bunch of us together. And we talked and met for, I would guess, four months on fixing, trying to come up with fixes for the officiating. And we came up with <clears throat> a very good study program um, of uh, coaches that would coach officials, <clears throat> a consistency test for everybody uh, that, that would be very stringent. And then, then I, you know, I was gone from Cleveland. Then I, about a year later, I talked to Matt and I said, "Whatever happened with that?" He goes, "Nothing. They, 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 we did all this work and it was all in place. Everyone was excited that we'd really made a dent in this. And then the league didn't do anything. So that became very frustrating to me. And I knew then that getting full-time officials, uh, even if you felt strongly about it, it's a long shot." The the money wise, could could you just make it in a way, Mike? I mean, I, th- I think I read something today. It's it's between sixty five and one hundred twenty five thousand uh, dollars that they make, and then yeah. certainly if the, the older you get, you're going to make the more money. I mean, the league is is profitable. I mean, they uh, you know they make a ton of money every year. Couldn't you yeah. make it to a point where they wouldn't need to have? I mean, one official is that we talked about today. He's a local guy. He used to actually coach uh, at my high school. Uh, he was an assistant basketball coach. Uh, he he is an AD, an athletic director at at a local high school. Sure, uh, couldn't you pay these guys enough to where they wouldn't have to have second jobs? Yeah, you could. You could with some of them. There's no question about that. They, you, they actually raise their pay, but you, you, again, they're not. It makes sense. See, they they're not going to raise it up as high as the uh, the basketball and baseball guys. And that was a sticking point in the negotiation during the contract negotiation. They have a union now that was a sticking point with them during that, during that lockout. And we had all that craziness going with those replacement officials. Mm-hmm. So that that's not going to happen. I've been in those meetings and the, you know, the, the, you're right though, Puck, the, the league certainly could afford it, but they don't want to afford it. These guys are hardcore businessmen. They're not going to mm-hmm. do it. And then, and then you have somebody like Mike Pereira or the guys that have been involved with the officials or as an official saying it wouldn't change anything that much. And then when the owners hear that, it's just not going to fly. It just isn't. You know, the, the irony here is, is uh, Bill Levy, who did our Super Bowl, who, who I had issues with, um, our Super Bowl game against Pittsburgh, he used to do my high school games in San Jose, Oak Grove High School. I, I've known him forever. And he was a he was a policeman. He's a policeman, and he did high school. Good guy, you know. Uh, and so someone like that, as he, uh, you know, he yeah, he probably step away from his 
police uh, job and, and, and do that full time. But I just don't think it's going to happen. So people get upset about it. But I would say just here's my thing. I, I would here's what I would do. Can I uh, one more thing and I'll let it go. No, absolutely. Now, I, you know, you take that play, that play the other night, uh, Richard Sherman banging into the guy or any play, you know, that, that people see and go, wait, come on, or placing the ball or whatever. You get all the officials in the room, and the problem is you say, okay, is that – Walt Coleman said he didn't think – he didn't think it was – it fell into the unnecessary roughness or, uh, you know, parameters. And and then and then you get in a room and you got the, all the referees there or the, all the officials there, but this is the referee's call or an official's call. And you say, okay, how many, raise your hand, how many think this is a foul? Okay, half of them raise it. Let's just say half of them raise their hand, half of them said no. And you say, well, this is a problem. This is the problem. We have to somehow figure out that you would all raise your hand or all keep your hand down. Do you understand this? I mean, you know, and, and they'd have to say yes. They want to get it right, and, and the consistency of a call is the most important thing to coaches. Just be consistent. Every crew it, it sees something and say, oh, that's a foul or it isn't a foul. And then I understand that. I can coach to that. I will not get upset about it as long as I understand that everyone is doing it the same way. And I would guess if you went into a room and asked them to, uh, on that particular occasion, heck, the head of officials, Dean Blandino, said it was a foul. You know, I mean, so there is a disconnect that I think, being an old high school history teacher, I think I, I could fix. I just... Cocky enough to say, I, we're going to stay in the meeting room and iron it out and bang out the language and think about it. That's what I thought we did. And apparently it, something happened. Something happens in, in New York. I don't know. Well, Mike, I think you brought up Dean Bondino there, and I think that's a, that's a good place to kind of to look at it as well because maybe it was different 20 years ago without social media and the instant reaction that everybody can have. Yeah. You know, it's just – it's it's – because 20 years ago, there's no Twitter, there's no Facebook, there's no Instagram. There's none of this, so, this instant gratification in, with social media and the instant interaction people have. There, you know, right. 20 years ago, you wouldn't have had the head of officials if it was Mike Pereira, whoever would have been saying, you know, that was the wrong call. I thought it was interesting that Blandino came out. Now, he, a lot of times what he's doing is damage control or trying to help the league out, I think. But he certainly didn't help his officiating crew out, especially when, when Walt Anderson afterwards stuck, stood by the call. You know, and, and it goes to what you said. You know, it you get 20 guys in the room, he's ahead of officials, that's great, but you know, when was the last time he put a whistle on was on the field in Walt Anderson's, or Walt no. Coleman, whatever his name was, uh, in his shoes. It's hard, and I think, too, you have so many angles now. You know, Puck and I were debating this yesterday. You, he can look at an angle, I can look at an angle, you can look at an angle, we can all look and see three different things. You know, you've got 25 cameras for a primetime game. Yeah. You know, it makes it really hard. I don't know, it just it feels like, more and more, and maybe it's just Seattle primetime games. It just seems more and more like we're having issues with the officials all the time. No, I I, I understand the frustration. I and let, let's just say, uh, in the, for just a second, they let they let that one go. They, they you know so so he has the angle. He has the angle on on the, the you know he didn't think it was a foul. Okay, now the kid comes to the next time. Now he kicks the field goal. He, he makes the field goal. 
I'm, I'm putting myself in, in Buffalo's shoes here just for a second. He makes the field goal, but then they're called for a delay of the game penalty, and they move it back five yards, and he misses. Okay, that now that call, there's no angles involved with that. There's nothing involved with that other than screwing that up. There's nothing you can tell me that would say being in a room, uh, they just messed up. And uh, he, I think he admitted that. And, and, and you just go, and, and what they do then, and, and they should do, is they, they bang those guys. You get too many of those, you're not working the playoff games, and then all of a sudden you're out money, and, it's all, and then there's, there's a, like a fine system in, in, a, in a way, except when you have veteran officials. You know, and then there's this other rule that they've hooked up in their union and so on that these guys have a step up on playoffs and things like that. So, and, and normally the veteran officials don't miss too many things. But Walt Coleman, he's he's been around a long time, and I had more than my <clears throat> than I care about my moments with Walt. But he he's a good official, and for the life of me, I don't know how he how he got all screwed up in that thing the other night. What did you see from the quarterback in terms of moving around, making plays from the pocket, outside the pocket? I thought he was much, much better. Mm-hmm. Much, much better. In fact, <clears throat> it was kind of in your face, I thought, when he, <laughs> you know, they, they jumped off to that start Buffalo with the block and so on. And then Seattle responded beautifully. And then the first play from the red zone, he runs a keeper and runs it in. And I could just almost see the wheels turning going, I can't run anymore, huh? Yeah, look at this. You know, I could almost now people would say, "No, Russell doesn't do that." Well, listen, you know, I've been around athletes my whole life. That was that was a that was a good moment for him, and and I think he I think he he played. I, I like what they did in the passing game. We can't run a lick. That, that's that's pretty obvious. But in the passing game, it was good. Yeah, I, how much of that running game though is predicated on him? You know, like uh, we've talked about this before, the fact that, you know, the, the, the running the two running backs only carried the ball eight, uh, ten times for – eight times for ten yards, eight times for ten yards. And now think of that stat. Holy Toledo. You know. Well, that, that's an odd one, too, because what did Pete say today? Pucky said, oh, CJ's going to get more carries. Well, he said that last week. You know, he's going to play a lot. I mean, I, I the patience required – it feels like they're running out of patience, you know, with the run game. And we've, we're talking to somebody that's done that before, run out of patience with the run game. <laughs> Why is that? that uh, I'll admit it. I will admit it. I know it's Buck there is smiling. It, is he it smiling? always, it always comes smile, up, though. <laughs> we'll come up tomorrow when we talk to Walter well, Jones. It, it's the funny thing with, with the funny thing with Pete, and I think all of you guys as, as head coaches, is that you know he's he's been trumpeting the run game for, for three straight weeks, and even last week he says you know CJ Prosize is going to be more involved in the offense. Yeah. He gets yeah. he gets three carries, and so he says this week that he's going to be uh, he's yeah. going to play a lot. I mean, yeah. okay, then let's let's force feed him the ball a little bit and see what you got. Yeah, you know you can do that. You can do that, but I told a story the other day. I, I did that with Tom Lavat. You know, I mean, he was my line coach, and I, when when I came out with that thing, okay, I'm not running the ball anymore. This is silly. We can't move the ball. I'm going to throw it. We got into a game. I called a, I called a run. We had some runs in our first 15, and it wasn't going anywhere. So I said, "That's it. That's it." On the phones, and they go, "No, no, no, no." I said, "I turned off the offense. I turned off all the offensive coaches. They couldn't talk to me." So I, I, I called six passes in a row. We go down and score. And then I could hear the grumbling a little bit. It's funny. They don't know I can hear it, but I can hear it. Then we got the next series. I said, okay, I'm going to be the mature one. I'm going to, I'm going to, I go, Tom, give me your best run. Go ahead. Give me your best run. We'll start the drive with a run. Okay. He gives me a run. <clears throat> Gain one yard. 
So I go in the phone. I, I admit to my sarcasm. And I go, okay, second and nine. What run do you have second and nine? You know? <laughs> oh, gosh. So, but I think what you have to do, I don't think it's abandoning the run, and I know it's their philosophy. I, I know that's what's made them great in years past. It's had a lot to do with it. But right now, they've got to figure out a way to, and they're going to have to in the next three, three ball games, I think, for sure, in Green Bay and Philly and in New England. They've got to figure out a way to be more consistent on offense and, and get their defense off the field at the very least. And so if the best way is passing the football and letting Russell Wilson unleash him a little bit, you've got to do that, even though down deep in your heart you believe, okay, we need a strong running game. Yeah, I would. Yes, you do. Everybody does. But you know, right now it's not working for us. So, so what is the best thing we can do to move the football and score some points? That decision has to be made, and it'd be an interesting to see what they do. Yeah, be, the best thing right now is sort of eighty-eight. That that tight end's kind of good. Hey, how, how, well, how he, is, Wal- he he had a good. Wow, he was good. Yeah. How, how did Walter Jones? He's a Hall of Fame left tackle. Yeah. Like. Like and also, like you're talking to, you're saying we're not going to run the ball. Like, how does a guy like Walter Jones handle that? Mm-hmm. Well, Walt, you know, he talked to me more when we had him when when I phoned in on your show than he he did in all ten years I was with him. So he never said boo to me, nothing, nothing. Now I have had players, I have had linemen in the past, and, and they're respectful, you know, because they knew I had a little temper, and and I got to say, I really got to say what was going on. So. But I, I didn't say that lightly. I, 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 it took a lot for me to say something like that because I recognize how you, you have to be balanced on offense and you got to run. I know that. But I also know I'm calling the plays, and, and it's, this is not working. This is not working. So what do we do? And so I, but I, I know I've had linemen come up to me and go, Mike, <clears throat> start us off with something. We can come off the ball and smack somebody. Come, please, please, don't come off with something tricky. Just let us come off the ball and hit somebody. And and at times I would do that, and at times it would work, and sometimes it didn't. But I I understood where they were coming from. But well, you know, Walt's a very you know he was a very respectful. He did his job and didn't talk too much. And 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 but I certainly would have understood if he said something like that to me, and I probably would have done what he asked because. If Walter Jones asks you, you know, he, there's a good reason. Hmm. Uh, but, but again, you know, there are players, there's coaches, and coaches have to make the call. So, so Tobek was the one that was telling you what to uh, do. Tobek, I, I didn't listen to him. He talked all the time. You know, no, I actually, I love Robbie Tobek. He, he was, he was, uh, he was kind of the spokesman for those guys. Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything. Reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was, I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasik.com. That's auroralasik.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasic.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guys, if they wanted to get something to me and they were nervous about talking to me, they'd send him in there. You know, and so... Hey. Do you, you want do you want to laugh real quick? Hey, hey, Ad, I'm I'm going to throw Lowy on the spot here. Lowy, can you cue up the Belichick? I want you. Do you you like Bill Belichick? Don't you? Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, most of the time I do. He's a little, <laughs> he's a little cranky, but I like him. Yeah. I want you to when Adam has this this audio. Hopefully, you can hear it. I I hope that you can hear it. Sometimes when you're on a phone, you can't hear it, but. This was, I'll give you the background quickly on the story, that you know, he was asked several questions at his press conference about a letter that he wrote to, to Donald Trump, right? Yes, yeah. So he was asked about it a lot, and, and as you know, Bill Belichick loves to talk about this type of stuff. So uh, <laughs> I want you just to hear this. It's about, it's about 25 seconds, Belichick, this morning. Okay. Coach, were you uh, happy or annoyed that Trump read the letter? Seattle. Well, your team's always been good at keeping outside distractions on the outside. Given the nature of this presidential race, Seattle. did you find it? Seattle. Did you find it uh, helpful to talk Seattle. to players about this? If any of your players talk to you about this, Seattle. <laughs> Seattle. 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 Uh, did he, I, I guess he didn't want to talk about it, huh? No, he didn't want to. Talk yeah, about it. it's, that's, that's, that's you know what? I was talking. Talk, I was at the Husky practice today, as a matter of fact, and, and I was talking with. Uh, Damon Hewitt, who 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 uh, played there for Bill, and uh, you know we were telling Belichick stories, and uh, you know he he is a he's a crusty guy, and he he doesn't suffer fools lightly, and mm. and he um, he he. But then you know my last game with the Seahawks uh, near the end, we played New England, played them pretty tough actually, played a good football game against them, and and uh, surprised some people. We lost a close one, but. You know, we didn't have anybody left. Um, and we had a really, uh, I've had a lot of grouchy moments with him, but, uh, you know, he knew I was leaving. And uh, there was a side of Bill Belichick that came out uh, prior to the game in there. He was very, very, I was almost, I, I hate to say I was touched by it because then, then all of a sudden he gets all embarrassed. But uh, I saw a side of him that I hadn't seen in a long, long time. And uh, it was nice. I think... We all know he's a great football coach, you know, and he, but he conducts his business a certain way, as they do in that, in that organization, quite honestly. Well, it's good stuff, Mike. As always, we, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Seattle, 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 Seattle. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, we uh, will talk to you next hey, week. I was never that bad. I was never that bad, was I? I mean, no, I. No, you would just deflect it, start telling a story. It, what you would do if you didn't like the questions, you'd tell a story that had nothing to do with the question. <laughs> and it was actually a veteran move on your part. It was very well played. So. Thanks, Michael. Talk to you next week. All right, man. There you go. That's uh, Mike Holmgren joining us, as he always does every Wednesday. We'll take a break, come back. We're going to hear a little bit from Bucky Brooks on Luke Falk's Pro Prospects. Should be interesting. Also, Pete Carroll uh, on CJ ProSize. And Richard Sherman has one final say on that final play of the first half. All that coming up. Ian and Puck on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950. KJR. On the rebound, misses the runner. Swing and a miss. This could be for a national championship. Swing and a miss. How did he miss the open goal? Six by four, and he comes up zero. Swing and a, swing and a, swing and a miss. Uh, he's going to play a lot. Yeah, I'm really, really happy with what he's doing and how he's fitting in comfortably. And, and 
handling things well. So he'll continue to play. Is it safe to say that you're a pass-first football team right now, offensively? No, we're trying to be a balanced team. I mean, that's it's, the numbers are kind of looking that way a little bit, but uh, we get a little different thought in our head, and we'll, we'll eventually it'll show. We'll, we'll be back to the balance we want. God, who asked that question? I don't know. Peppering with hard-hitting journalistic questions. Why don't you run? You're a run first team right now, Pete. I can see that. We can all see that. All right. Uh, swing and a miss time, Ian and Puck, with you as we uh, we roll on on this Wednesday. Softy will join us in a second. How about Richard Sherman? He spoke just a while ago. Maybe the hopefully, I guess, we'll put it to bed finally. The final play of the first half. Here's Richard Sherman. Richard, were you surprised at all by sort of the way that the play at the end of the half, the field goal and everything sort of took off nationally, all the conversation about it and everything? Or? No, not really. I mean, this is the league. They need something to talk about. They need something to make themselves more relevant. Yeah, there was no whistle. So, you know, the league the league goes back and hindsights everything and says this and says that because they want to appease the fans. But I know the rule book and I know exactly what I was doing on the play. So um, it's very similar to a free play, you know, for all the uninformed people out there. You know, on if you watch Aaron Rodgers or a lot of times in any team, they draw a team off sides. And if a guy comes scot-free at the quarterback and he's about to get hit in the face, the refs will usually blow it dead then so the quarterback doesn't get hit. But if a guy's not coming scot-free, they'll let the play go on. And they, a lot of teams score touchdowns like that. Yeah, as long as he was kicking the ball, I was going to try to block it. The, the, that's the difference, though. Most quarterbacks, when they're about to get sacked, they throw the ball into the ground or, you know, a kicker in that situation would just not kick the ball. You know, you see somebody standing right in front of the ball, you don't kick the ball. You don't want to put yourself in harm's way. Don't put yourself in harm's way. You see my trajectory. The ball is still on the ground. There's no other way to block it. You know, usually you, we don't run into the kicker because the ball is already kicked. When the ball is sitting there on the ground, there's no other way to get there but to go at that angle. So people are like, what is the angle that you were going at? You're trying to hurt the kicker. No, that's, there's no other angle. But most of you guys aren't athletes and never play a sport and will never do anything athletic in your life. So it's hard for you to understand. Just move on. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna, a great. He's a great player, but I, I think Richard Sherman this year, he's the best defensive back in in the NFL. I think this year his tone with people on questions has turned into be, I don't know. I mean, he, he re, weekly talks down to every person asks 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 him a legitimate question, and and his his standard go to response now is you if you. You don't know because you didn't play the sport. My challenge to Richard Sherman would be, he gets to stand up there and talk about social issues and politics, right? Mm-hmm. He's never been a politician. Why does he get to talk about politics? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, again, you can disagree, but the you didn't play the sport so you wouldn't understand question, uh, okay. Adam, how long? It's, because understanding sports is so hard. A- Adam, how long was that soundbite? If 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 you could ever, and I don't know if the, if this is possible because of where he's elevated himself to in terms of status in the league, gets his own podium every week, you know, superstar endorsements. He's he's an NFL superstar. I don't know if anybody could ever pull him aside and take that soundbite. Just take that one minute and fifteen seconds and say, Richard, here's the deal. From twenty seconds in to forty seconds in was perfect. The first 20 and the last 30, stop keep, it. Keep in mind. See, Just stop it. The, the challenge should have been when he said that, if, if you didn't, you would make a comment that I was going after a kicker. You would only make that comment if you never played the game of football, right? Marcellus Wiley had an issue with it. 
Uh, Jay Feely, who's a kicker, had an issue with it. Justin Tucker's a kicker, had an issue with it. Charlie Casserly is a GM, had an issue with it. Michael Lombardi, who's a GM, had an issue with it. But what would the they what would his retort to those people be? I just I don't that they that they didn't they weren't an actual player; they were kickers. I I don't understand the combative nature, so. the condescending nature that he's going down these days either. I, I he's I'm, been I'm, very, I'm very like that all year long. Yeah. Uh, Sherman did also talk about Kayla Carpenter and uh, and her apology, I guess, for her tweet. It's not surprising at all. I mean, you, this is a day and age you got Ku Klux Klan running around. You know, people say whatever they want, and there's there's very little consequence um, for her to say something like that and then have a BS apology like she did. I mean, it's just the way of the world. You know, I don't let it bother me. It's stuff that I'm I'm very used to. You know, it's just the way people are. You know, the way people were raised. All right. Hopefully, has uh, she taken it down yet? I, I don't think she. As of this morning, no. She apologized, yeah. but she apologized because it looked bad. Yeah, I, that's that's why. Uh, as of this morning, no, she had not taken it down. It's... Bucky Brooks was on today with Tony softly filling in for Chuck Powell, and and he asked Bucky Brooks, who's an NFL dot uh, com writer and contributor to NFL Network, also does a lot on the draft. We always have him on every year talking yep. about a draft, and he was asked about Luke Falk. Well, when I talk to scouts, everyone is buzzing about Luke Falk. And they don't know if he's going to come out, if he's going to stay another year. But what they're saying is he's different, or he has a chance to be different than all the other air raid quarterbacks that have played in that system. Not only does he have the arm and the talent to get the ball and do some of the things in the passing game, but he has been entrusted with more responsibility than most of those air raid quarterbacks. And the difference you see from their offense, Luke Falk is taking advantage of the running game and using it more than other quarterbacks have. He is making checks based on the coverage. He's attacking favorable front, handing the ball to the running back, and they're more balanced. And when you have a more balanced Washington State team, you have a more dangerous team, and he's taking advantage of all the things there, and he's playing well. A lot of people are buzzing about Luke Falk. It would be interesting to see how this plays out going down the stretch. You know, you, you, you can pick a Hughes brain about about the air raid offense and the, the relationship the quarterback has with the wide receiver. They think there's this thought out there by many that it's just this simple, hey, you run out and I just throw you the ball. The, the, the fact that he has to be, the quarterback and wide receiver have to be on the same page. On the same page. He is, there essentially is, I don't know what he would say, a, five, a handful of plays off just one play they call. Mm-hmm. And so they, he's got to read the defense to figure out what play is he going to do? What what route is the wide receiver going to go? And the wide receiver has to be they have to be on the same page with the quarterback. Uh, and then also the you know the ability to to sit there and and say if it's going to run or pass. I mean, for people who don't know, and I, I we know and Cougar fans know, but he is given two plays every time, mm-hmm. and he makes so he theory is making the call at the line of scrimmage. He is the team's offensive coordinator he's deciding what to do. So I think he's got a lot on his plate, more than I think that people realize. And I think it's an unfair shot that he gets thrown in this the system quarterback uh, because I just don't – maybe others, just because they haven't succeeded in the NFL doesn't mean he won't. I remember, uh, you and I both had an opportunity to, to uh, tour the, the football facility there, and I was there last spring uh, with my son, and we're going through and went to the wide receiver's room. And the inside and outside, there's two wide receiver rooms, inside and outside guys. And I'm going in there, and they had on the dry erase board the plays. I mean, it looked like a calculus test. And as it was explained to me at that point, you know, in there is two plays that fall cast yeah. pick. And, it, and I'm looking at this going, I, it, it looks like calculus. Like how – So, when, <laughs> but what they don't get credit for, because they don't huddle. 
So it's like, well, there's a, it's a no-huddle offense. They don't do anything. They find where the safety is, and that's what they do. No, there's, there's a little bit more to it than that. We've got some good quarterbacks in the state right now. Before you get to the really good news from our friends down at a certain place in South Seattle, how about uh, the fact, bad news for San Diego Chargers fans yesterday. Yeah. Uh, they had a ballot measure for a new downtown stadium plan for San Diego. It failed 57% to 43%. Uh, in San Diego, they now have until January 15th to make a decision on what to do next. There is a chance they could still move that franchise to Los Angeles. They would share the new stadium, in a sense, with the Los Angeles Rams if that were to happen. Unfortunate, uh, you know, it would be like a New York Jets, New York Giants type of thing. Uh, the difference is it's not the same city like New York and New no. York is. I don't want to see anyone move. And, you know, growing up as an NFL fan, I mean, the Chargers were San Diego. And, and really, for the most part, growing up, you know, the Raiders were Oakland. So I don't want to see either of those uh, teams move. I think they have great fan bases where they're at, uh, loyal, and it's unfortunate. It's too big a market to have just a, a baseball team, too. And that's what they'd be left with is just a baseball team. All right, Softies coming up next. Ian and Puck on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. Before we, we check in with Dave Soft tomorrow, we forgot, we neglected yes. the last segment to tell you the best news. Who needs good news today? Anybody? Anybody need good Everyone news? Raise needs, your hand. Hey, yes. About you, 55 million people. Hey, you know, you need, you need, <laughs> need good, good news. news. Listen, you need good, good news every day. Georgetown yeah. Brewing just sent out a tweet, and we love the guys at Georgetown and the gals at Georgetown. Uh, Seattle, we feel your pain. So starting now, right now through Saturday, all growler fills all five dollars. Mm. How about that? Five dollars to go down to Georgetown Brewery for a growler. You can't get a six pack a of craft beer for on, that. A pint at a bar is five dollars. Yeah. A growler, which old uh, four four and a half, I think. Softy, he doesn't like beer. He's going down to Georgetown uh. to get a growler. I could have used one last night about 1230. When's the last time you had a beer? Uh, a beer? Yeah. Uh, a week ago? Okay. Two weeks ago? What, yeah. how, about yeah. a, how about a microbrew? Like a, oh, or, God. Or, I'm sorry, not a, a craft yeah. beer. I nah, nah, I'm just a standard Coors, Coors Light, Light guy. Yeah. That's sure. it, man. Yeah. Do you get Coors Light? Let me a Coors Light. Light. Glass bottle. Is the post-game sh- is pre-game show? Pre-game show is Coors Light. Okay. Yes, it is. So do they throw Good work. In there or not? I get scared. <laughs> oh, God. I do get scared. Hey, Stella. Do you, do you guys have a Coors Light? On the, the air? Game? Absolutely. There's no reason oh, you why. you got to tell the story then about The only Monday. person oh, that Woj? can't drink yeah. on the air Woj. is the guy Woj. on the board. That's so, it. My favorite. You, you saw, can drink if you, you want. You saw the guys from TSN yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. Moj. Yeah, we're all going to live. At Jimmy's. Right. Apparently, they're here for every Seahawks game. I had no idea. So I'm looking over. You know Moj. Yeah, yeah. And Moj is the afternoon driver? He's one-third of the afternoon. The bald guy. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So what time right. does he come on? <laughs> he comes on at what time? Three o'clock. Uh, two or three. Two oh or three God. to six. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. over there drinking. Yeah. Good I'm for like, him. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're not doing the show Coconut. Coconut. No, no. He yeah. was drinking. No, no, no. Like whiskey or something. No, no, no. It was a Caesar. <laughs> yeah, it was a bloody Caesar. Listen, you can drink on the air. There's I nothing know. keeping you from drinking but, on the air. But I was like, who are you talking to? Of I'm talking to you. Of course we know The problem is what you say when you drink on the air. That's the issue. I said, you not working today? He goes, no, no, I'm working. For example, if you were drunk on the air, you might tell somebody your opinion's dumb because you never played the game. You might say something like that yeah. if you're drunk on the air. We'd never say that. And that, that would fire up a lot Somebody of people. Somebody might say that. We that would, would fire up some that. midday talk show hosts around this uh, city. So what's yes. your problem again with Sherman? I, I kind of walked in uh, halfway through. What do you mean, eh? No problem with it. I just don't. What happened? I, I just don't understand from any athlete. Yeah. The, Not just him. Any just period. Anyone. Right. The, if you didn't play, you don't understand because you didn't play the sport response to any question. Right. That ever right. calls whatever they did into question. Mm-hmm. This it's it's football, it's basketball, it's baseball. This is not, we're not solving yeah. 
you know, how are we going to get to Mars? Here? Right, right. We're and not I, curing I cancer. Think, I think that he well, more he than have a, if he can have an opinion on politics and he's never been well, a politician. That's, that's what you drives can, me nuts. You can have an opinion. He on shares his views on politics yeah, all the time, yeah, which is I great. He should. He's never been a politician. Mm. He's never run for office. Mm. So then he shouldn't talk about politics under his logic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, look. I mean, I uh, I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, it doesn't bother me as much as it does other people. I just say, hey, win football games. You know, right. pick oh, off no, no. passes. Beat USC. Tackle beat people. USC, beat USC. USC. Whatever. <laughs> win the championship. But, but you agree. Blah, 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 blah. You agree. Oh, I, I, you, soft, Dave Mahler can have an opinion of on course, what happened in the game. Of course. And didn't need to play well, the game Well, let me ask you this. Do you have an opinion on what happened last night? Right. And have you ever been in politics? No. Well, then what the hell are you talking about? Okay. Who wants to hear your take on that? I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, anybody, you know, I get that a lot when it comes to things about the Huskies, the Seahawks, the Mariners, Seattle sports. Okay, well, you're just a homer. You're a Seattle homer. Okay, well, this guy over here went to UCLA. He thinks the same thing I do. So is his opinion okay because he's not from Seattle? Right. This is dumb. The whole yeah. thing's dumb. But, you know, look, man, I, I just, the whole thing with the kick, I don't think it was a dirty play. You and I talked about that off the air. We'll talk to Harlan about it at 5 o'clock tonight or 5.30 tonight. I just have a hard time. First of all, the idea that it was dirty, that to me means intent to injure. And I don't think Richard Sherman meant to hurt the kicker. Yeah, but you're getting you know? off it. I'm, yeah. I'm just talking just, This is, this is uh, just talking a different topic I'm on if, now. If different you, topic. You, you say anything to any of some of these athletes, yeah, yeah. They, the, the immediate response yeah. is, you didn't play. Well, you don't and understand. you know what you should keep doing? Keep having your own opinion. I mean, I, n- I, never change. Before, be, honestly. Before we go. So I, what? Let me ask you this a quick question yeah. without getting into what happened last night. Oh, get into it. Go ahead. No, no. Have at it. No. <laughs> when, when it was all done, did you send any tweets out there with, you know, X wins the election, whatever? Beat USC? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I That's sent all one I out to know. Uh, last I want, night. I just wanted to know. When the, I think it was the AP when they proclaimed Trump the winner. Beat USC. <laughs> That's all I want. And never, by the way, hey, never changed. did you see Hillary and Bill today at the at the uh, concession speech? They said oh. beat USC. Wearing too. purple. Yeah. Beat USC. Did you see your boy Hugh Mellon? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that photo. I'm very aware of that. By picture. the way, that may not be the best omen for you. Yeah. Well, the last time the champion, uh, the Huskies won the national ta- championship, hey, there was a Republican in the I, White House. And I agree. Boom, with you. baby. I agree with huh? you. How you about are that? you and your school yeah. playing with fire this weekend with the USC. What do you mean fire? Uniforms. Oh, I, 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 Bad I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't Bad do it. Juju. Horrible yeah. call. I wouldn't do it. Horrible call. Yeah. Don't like Big it. gold helmets all so year. So you're right? telling me that all, all year. Oh. Nine and nine with gold helmets. Oh, all they have to do is win is go back to the gold helmets. Yes. That's what you're saying. That's what do you got coming up? Yeah. Uh, Dante Pettis coming up. Tyler Time. Lockett coming up. Uh, <laughs> Petros Papadakis coming up. Kevin Harlan coming up. Rick Neuheisel coming up. Donald Trump coming up. Beat be USC. Barack Obama coming up. And Oregon be, and yeah. Washington. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! What damn eagle. Dong, Grandpa is talking to you. Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything. Reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was, I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasik.com. That's auroralasik.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasic.com.